Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Reese's Peace, episode 29 now. It is uh, Sunday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, actually, as it turns out. It is um, 1 p.m. here in Denver for me, and I've got my good buddy from work, Mike Toll, on with me, uh, who is the engineering buddy that I referred to in a podcast or two before. Uh, so say hi, Mike. Hey, everybody. We saved this for the special day. Reese is my only Valentine today. Th- thank you, Reese, for inviting me in. Oh, how nice. <laughs> so uh, Mike, is, um, Mike is, a, is a coworker of mine. We work at the same company together. Mike worked at the company before I started there for three, four years before I started there. How long have you been there now? I will be 10 years. Uh, so it was 2011 when I started. Wow. Okay, so you were... Um, like five years before me, or there. You were, s- you were 2016, <clears throat> 15. September. Yeah, September of 15. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've been there. You've been there a while. We've been through some some crazy changes at the company, and uh, so anyway, background on Mike. Mike, how old are you? You're 41. Gonna be 40 42. Correct. Yeah, you, that was good. You had it quicker than I did. Yeah, <laughs> I forget well, sometimes. I I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, when's Mike's birthday? I know it's in April, and I know it was on Friday the 13th. Oh, there it is. Got it. <laughs> it's kind of an easy one to remember. It is. It is. Yeah, and it's coming up. So, yeah, so Mike, you're, you're almost 42. Um, you got three kids, three beautiful kids, um, born and raised in Milwaukee, right? Yeah, all of us. We were actually, all, all five of us, uh, Crystal included my wife, uh, we were all born in the same hospital. Wow. Kind of, a, kind of a cool thing. Thanks. Mar- Small big towns. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, yeah, Mike is a Midwestern boy, born and raised. And Mike was a big shock to me when I started working with him. But, uh, yeah, so Mike is, a, is an avid cyclist, runner, swimmer. I think swimming is probably lesser on the list, but definitely a runner and a cyclist. Um, big time. Mike rode his bike back and forth to work. Like pretty much every day that I could remember while I was working there, with a few exceptions for extreme weather or whatever. Um, yeah, so what else about you do you think uh, my listeners might want to know? I mean, we're both engineers, so that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, the engineering, I believe, is the only thing we have in common. <laughs> At yes. least that's how it started out. You know, that, yes. Yeah, you, I didn't like Mike very much when I started working there. <laughs> It's, it's interesting how different, like, generation, you know, we're close in age, but it was quite a bit different uh, yeah. when you grew up than when I grew up. At least me being a city boy uh, growing up in the 90s and you being a smaller town kid. Um, <laughs> I knew you wanted to say farm boy there, didn't you? I, I, was, I was trying to keep it correct because I know some people on this know <laughs> that you didn't grow up on the farm, but yeah. you had uh, pigs, right? No, I chickens. Had pigs. I had pigs. Chickens or- also? For a couple of years. Um, no, like I don't think we ever had chickens. Just the pigs. Just the pigs, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I remember having this conversation with others saying, you would say, I grew up in a small town. I'm like, no, no, Reese grew up on a farm. He had pigs. Yeah. It yeah. had to be a farm. It's a different perspective, you know? Like, once you get into something, you realize the spectrum of it. But, yeah, so, Mike, you're right. We're very, very different, but um, be, I think for a lot of reasons, well because of our profession maybe and just like the what we do for a living and and maybe just pre uh, predispositions to things we are very similar like that, for instance recycling and that type of thing yeah, that, I mean, that's the interesting thing is there's no it's extremely unlikely for the two of us to have come across each other because and stuck s- together <laughs> yes because <laughs> there are so few things we have in common yeah but then once we did meet each other and took a little bit to get to know each other, we realized that there are a lot of common themes between the two of us. Yeah. Um, but there's still differences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as there's differences with everybody. Right, Every, yeah. Everybody's a unique person. Certainly. And I, I would say that you, you've probably helped me to be more... Um, be more uh, open-minded to the types of people that I could consider like true friends. Because I, I was very particular about my friends. 
I still kind of am, but <laughs> you know, because like we, you know, we work in the same place. We're always like sitting pretty close to each other. We're kind of like forced to spend a lot of time with each other. Yeah. And so, you know, like if you, if you're going to spend a lot of time with somebody, you know, there's no sense in just, uh, for, for my sake, being a dick to them and, and not really wanting anything to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on my side of things, growing up in the city in Milwaukee, you know, it's, it's a big town, but it's not a big town. You know, Milwaukee's, the city of Milwaukee is about 600,000. The metropolitan area is around a million. That's not like, you know, Chicago at, what are they at? Six or seven million. Um, it's nothing like that. However, it's not most, the rest of Wisconsin is all a ton smaller than Milwaukee. So um, I wasn't around a lot of country Apes. kids. <laughs> or, or pigs, <laughs> um, you know. I, I knew, knew some people. My, my my mom has a friend who lives in northern Wisconsin, um, and then she's got younger kids that kind of grew up around our age. But we never really were around each other. Like Reese was saying, being at work, we spend a lot of time together and uh, get to know each other. And so you helped bring my perspective onto what it's like to to not grow up in a city and not have all of those city things that you're used to and things that I don't even think about. And Reese is like, nope, too many people, not, <laughs> not doing that. And I'm like, okay, Summerfest is busy, right? But Summerfest is the world's largest music festival. Like, we gotta do it. And Reese is like, nope, too many people. <laughs> <laughs> I never did go. I know, it's, it was amazing. I really wanted to get you there, but yeah. it did not happen. Yeah, so I, I would say that you know, it, it seems to me that you've probably encouraged me to grow and change a little more than I have for you. But, you know, that's just my perspective. But, uh, yeah, it, it has been good. And, Mike, you really like to talk things through. And so that, well, at first that, that was kind of like an annoying thing because I was not a very expressive person. Now I really appreciate it because, like, I, I really enjoy learning what other people's thought processes are on things. And I, I appreciate actually how helpful that method of problem solving is it's uh it's nice nice to hear that you appreciate that because i I know in the beginning i don't think you did (laughs) (laughs) mike in the beginning there were a lot of things about you that i did not appreciate (laughs) yeah but i have grown to uh like you for you and appreciate (laughs) you for you thank you reese (laughs) you you have got you really you have gotten me to to see another side and see the whole additional way that people can do things um, that are that are different but totally fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. in, along with me ask, talk, like liking to talk things out, as you said, I also, as you are well aware of, <laughs> I like to take the opposite opinion in yeah. a conversation. Sometimes yep. it's the opposite opinion is, is how, I, how I naturally feel, but there's plenty of times that I'll just take the opposite one just to just what would to it mess be? with me? <laughs> Not, there probably was some of that, just to yeah. see you squirm a little bit. But I, uh, think, I think you did it a little bit to like get down to like my reasoning for why I believe something, maybe or thought something. Yeah, it, it, it helps me, like you said, t- talking things out. It helps me so much to. I can think about stuff a lot, but to to actually say it and have to put it into a description for somebody else to understand what I'm saying yeah. uh, makes me have to think deeper about stuff. Yeah. And so, so part of my questions were me not understanding you uh, <laughs> and trying to say like, just, I really want to understand why, for example, you wake up at, you woke up when you were in Milwaukee at 3 a.m. Yeah. most days or wh- whatever the times were. Yeah, close <laughs> to, enough. To work out and it's like, why? Why did you do that? And uh, then she's like really trying to understand it and just asking more and more questions, but obviously with lots, lots of topics. Yeah. I think, I, so now that you've said that out loud, again, there's another point for talking things out loud that, that maybe has been the biggest influencer for me wanting to know what other people thought. Because like when I got there, you know, my perspective on things was, you know, <laughs> people are assholes and I don't really need to know what you think. Like I have my own thoughts, like 
go away. Like, just let me be me and quit trying to talk to me. So your, your curiosity and your, you're forcing me to basically explain myself like when I had a particular opinion was, was probably the biggest thought provoking thing. Uh, when a, a big motivator, I would guess to the changes that I, I went through during this whole process. So interesting you you have such a profound effect on me mike at least <laughs> part way yeah I, it took some time yeah yeah and i i still think it probably would have taken it would have taken a lot longer even to get to the level i was now or that i am now if i had stayed i feel like i was doing pretty well getting a little more open-minded and and you know people talk about accepting the situation you're in like i James James always gives me shit because I talk about Milwaukee as if it was a prison sentence. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've referred it to it that way several times on this podcast. And at first, that's what it was to me. But then I realized once you accept it and once you try and find the good things, granted very slowly, like you said, uh, that helped a lot. And one yeah. of those things, I guess, was accepting you. <laughs> Did I did I represent like Milwaukeeans, Midwest Midwesterners? No. To you? Well, I think it was it was it you you kind of poked it a little bit earlier about uh, like the city versus country kid. Like you represented the city kid, and like my entire like upbringing, whether it be like the biases of of my family or whatever, it was just kind of like you know city people are different than us and we don't want to associate with them you know like they just don't understand and we didn't want to understand them you know like and so i don't know i guess especially being from a completely different part of the country and like i don't Alyssa and i were talking about this last night like moving to milwaukee a lot of the folks in Milwaukee are not transplants you guys are a lot of you are like born and raised there versus like denver like there's very few people here who were born and raised in Colorado, let oh. alone Denver area. So it's like you you don't already have set routines and years and years of, of, of history and roots that you've set down. But like Yeah. I guess it was it was in, it was probably intimidating for me because you were born and raised there. You knew everything about the place and you know, you know all about the city and I didn't know shit about the city and I just got <laughs> here and I'm pissed that I'm here and I'm you know, uh, really resentful that I had to move away from home into some place that's, you know, humid in the summer and blistering cold in the winter. And I and don't ride my dirt bike in flat. Yeah. There's <laughs> not mountains nearby and I don't have any friends. And yeah, so you were, I guess you were probably the, 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 I, I say intimidating, but just because you were like the representation of everything <laughs> that I was unfamiliar with. And as you know, when people are unfamiliar with something, they're often afraid of it or choose to hate it. I don't think I hated you, but you know, you're afraid of it. You're sure intimidated. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I also back at that point, I didn't realize how unhappy you were with the move to Milwaukee. Like, obviously you didn't choose it. You were coming with Delissa. I mean, Alyssa. It didn't come across to you that I was bitching all the time and comparing everything to California? I think at that point, you were just a very negative person in my, in my uh, view of you at that point. Because you were That's just fair. like a, a negative about stuff. Yeah. And, and, it, and I didn't put it together at that moment that you were not happy because of your situation of being here. I thought you were just kind of a bitcher. <laughs> I think I was, but it was both, but exacerbated by the move. Yeah. As the years went on, as the time went on, I, I remember trying to get you out, trying to get you to do stuff. <laughs> that was like also one of my, um, I don't know if goals is the right word. It seems a little, a little excessive, but yeah, I, I wanted manipulative. Be <laughs> before you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I wanted I wanted because as you said, like born and raised in Milwaukee, I'm, I'm obviously still here because I like it. Yeah. Uh, and I think Milwaukee's got a ton of great things to offer. Yeah. And so I wanted to share. I also wanted to share that with you, 
so that you would see. I knew obviously you, you were never going to stay here, but I was hoping that I could show you some of the benefits, some of the positives. Yeah. Uh, but I needed you to get out. <laughs> I yeah. needed you to not just go and work out at 3 a.m. and go yeah. to bed at 7 yeah. and try to try some other things. You know, that's where we, you know, at lunches, we started taking you to some different restaurants. Yeah. Trying, trying out some other things. I made but, it really difficult on you. Like, thinking y- yeah. back, you, you were very patient, I think, and, and helpful, ultimately, in the long run. But, like, thinking about what I know about me, which <laughs> I'm still learning, <laughs> there's, it's, it's really difficult to get me to change my mind about something. Yes. Without getting me to like, and, it, and it's, it's like, you have to trick me into <laughs> making it seem like it's my idea that I'm going to want to do it because I'm going to enjoy it. Because if somebody tries to get me to do something because they think I'll enjoy it, chances are I'm going to be pre-biased and I'm just going to write it off as soon as I start <laughs> doing it. I don't know how yeah. that, that switch began to flip, but I don't know. It did. I mean... After Patty left, I think we talked about Patrick. So we're, we're going to get Patrick on here. Patrick, if you're listening, we're coming for you. But, uh, <laughs> I'm but, hoping um, he'll make it. Yeah, he will, he will make it. So Patrick worked with us. I talked about Patrick in previous podcasts, but Patrick was also there uh, when I started working at the same company. And uh, Patrick and I had a lot in common just in terms of like um, car stuff and, and things like that. Really not all that much when you think about it because Patrick and I are also very different. But um, I related to him on that level that I didn't relate to you. And so, like, I clung to that. And then when Patrick moved back to California, like, what, like eight months after I started working there? It was quick. Or thereabouts. Like, that was a real bummer for me. And then I was left with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It was a lot of fun having Patrick around. That's for it, sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's good f- to have three people. I forget how short our t- the three of us together our time was. Yeah, it was so you, short. You were September of fifteen, and then Patrick yeah. moved in sixteen, like June. Or yeah, it was like yeah, midsummer time frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys had a pretty short. However, he did continue to work with us. That's true. And so he was kind of working remote for a couple months. Yeah. I think he did it through the rest of 16. Oh, was it that long? Yeah. I yeah. think he stayed until the end of the year and mm. started his okay. new job in January. But in, either way. Yeah. yeah. You, had, you had a little more time with him. But it was obviously it's more difficult. I did. And, I, you know, I, I do think it also helped. Um, I mean, Dan came and... and you know, Dan's just an easygoing dude that that we can relate to, and anybody can relate to. He 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 just relates to other people really well. And then Cabron came, and and um, you know, I think the diversity. I was already like coming around. Like it was a very stark difference when Patrick left. It was like I was left. You know, it was just me and you, and like you and I. It felt like had such a big rift between us, just in terms of similarities. And it for whatever reason didn't seem so so broad of a difference between me and Patrick because we had that one significant thing which was kind of cars which turns out Patrick way more into than me yeah. but um, yeah once once Patrick was gone it was like you know the cycle almost started all over again of, of uh, yeah just being resentful about being there but then you know I kind of hung out with you more because you know you were what I had and we had to we had to right it's like we were both else. clinging to each other after after yeah. Patty left. <laughs> Probably me more clinging to you. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else was around at that time. Because like within our still, group, company was still pretty small. It was, yeah. So we had Kate, and then we had Chad for a bit. When did Justin come? And um, Justin was there when I got there. Okay. But Justin was kind of just like always like a. I always kind of looked at him as more of a mentor, a, a supervisor type position than anything else. So in that way it's kind of hard to hard to let loose around somebody who you think of as a supervisor versus somebody yeah. who's like a direct peer <laughs> you know yeah you don't want to tell them 
you know what I tell Justin to f off, but you can say <laughs> you can say it to me. <laughs> ah, well, I do now, but he knows that I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we we have a good relationship. It's 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 pretty good. So, um, well, now that we're like 20 minutes in, and we've we've given a, a very detailed backstory of yeah. the two of us. Um, so, I had talked about you in a previous podcast where. Um, it was basically kind of a, a really delayed follow-up to my podcast where I talked about all my quirks that I realized when my in-laws were staying with me. And uh, I, in, in the follow-up episode, I talked about how Mike, uh, um, then I called him uh, you know, my engineer friend. I wasn't sure if I was, wanted to call you out by name yet. And um, Mike, is you, pretty, Mike is pretty generic. Yes, that doesn't nail me down. My father-in-law is also Mike, so I had to, had to distinguish somehow. Okay. But um, yeah, so Mike and I have a lot of similar um, nuances, quirks, uh, preferences, compulsions, I would say. A lot of people have a different name for them. To us, they seem very logical. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I guess, so my topic today, so that we should get into this, is um, basically what... I don't know. I would rather for this to come up organically, but this is my prompt. So as engineers, and maybe it's because of where we work, but as engineers, it seems like that is the common ground that has kind of led you and me and say even a lot of the, the folks in our immediate team to be very environmentally conscious um, and and that type of thing. But anyway, so the, the point, the question, I guess, or the prompt is how do you feel uh, being an engineer has either helped or hurt you in your life, whether it be with your social relationships or your outlook on the world or that type of thing. It's it's a pretty broad question, but uh, I guess let's let's start with like, what do you think are the goods and bads of having become an engineer? Or maybe this was before you became an engineer, but let's let's sure. go with that. Yeah, that's, those are as you said, pretty broad <laughs> broad question. Yeah, um, I should have whittled that one down a little bit. Let's let's let me ask a pointed one because this one's fun. How do you feel being an engineer has affected your personal life and your personal relationships, say with others <laughs> outside of engineering? Well, enge- so engineering has been a great career. I'm very happy that I went down this path, and it's been it's been very reward re- rewarding. Um, it's really fun to make stuff. And, and, and have some ideas, write a drum off on paper, turn them into 3D files, these days pr- printing them off, seeing concepts, it's, and then making a part, spending a ton of money on tooling, and then producing high volume plastic parts. It, it's, it, I know our product line is not tremendously exciting, yeah. but I, I enjoy it, every day is fun. I like, I like solving problems and being very critical about about details and so that's where it kind of starts to lead into (laughs) outside of engineering so engineering we are taught to be detailed and critical and in engineering you don't just do things because you want to you you do something for a reason yeah you you design a, a structural ribbon you you pick a material, you you have specifications you have to follow. There's there's very specific reasons why we make the decisions we make, and and so that that helps us design products that customers actually want because we are listening to those details and those features that they need these products to do, and therefore we can make a product that they actually want to buy. Yeah. A helpful thing yeah but so your your to your question outside of engineering people <laughs> I, <laughs> people don't all we don't work that way yeah and that has been difficult for me to understand when people do things I feel like there's a reason why you do things. You don't just do it just because. And yeah. and that has 
been challenging in relationships. Um, why? Because you're questioning people? Like, why do you think that? Why do you want to do that? Like, tell me your motivations. It's, it's probably the most difficult with people that I live with. Be, so, yeah. as back to the, as an engineer, I, I do things for a reason. So, I, you know, reset recycling earlier. Like, I will take this stuff and I will recycle it. These paper products go here metals and glass and then the, the plastic film like there, there's a specific I do things for a reason and so when somebody else just takes something and throws in the garbage it's like whoa 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 like that's <laughs> that's the thin film like that can go over here or yeah. that's plastic it can go over there and others are just like whatever I, I just it's garbage I don't want it anymore throwing it out yeah um <laughs> I feel like it, it gets us to think very deeply about stuff where it's not really necessary and yeah. or it's not necessary to others. And we feel we get pretty, I get pretty like emotional about stuff. It's like, no, there's like a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Yeah. And <laughs> people should, people have their own right ways and wrong ways to do their to do things just because I think you should do something this way doesn't mean that's the only right way to do it. Yeah. Um, but where it gets me is when people just do things and they're just like, ah, I don't know. I just cuz. Yeah. Just did it this way. It's like, well, you have to have a reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, they they don't have a reason. They just, because they did. Well, I think chances are, or not chances are, but I think everybody does have a reason or multiple reasons, motivations for doing something that they are probably just not aware of because they've been doing it for so long. And that's probably, I think, one of the reasons why people are, are most resistant when you start pointing things out to them, like, you know, you've always just thrown things away. Well, do this. Like, I'm changing a behavior that you've done for years and years, right? And yeah. nagging you to do it a different way. And pe- people are, might be just resistant to change. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring bring it up that way because you know another thing that we talk about uh, at work as an engineer is if some if somebody asks you at work why why, why is the process like this why why are you doing it like this and if your answer is well just that's what we've always done that's yeah. from one of our managers that's the red flag of no that's nope. not that's not the right answer you can't you can't you can't use the answer of well that's how we've always done it to be yeah. the reason why to do something right and so i that that has helped that has helped me to get deeper at my thinking on these things of like what you just said so so, so maybe a lot of people are just doing things because they've always done it that way and they're not really thinking about it. they're just kind of autopilot and doing it where we've been taught that if you if you if you're not if you're not consciously doing something, if you're just you're just just going along with the flow of what you've always done, you have to like stop, take a step back, and think about well, well, is this really the right thing to be doing? Yeah. You know that if something doesn't have a process, make a process. If the process isn't good, fix the process. Right. Yeah. I uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Like we're so. It's, it sounds like what you're saying is that be, because of our career, you know, our engineering career, we, we're kind of like driven to have a reason for what we're doing beyond just that's what we've always done and um, always be thinking about what we're doing so that we do have a reason yeah. for, what, for what it is. And, and it has to be the right reason, right? So there's a right way and a wrong way, like you said. The air quotes were good there of yeah. the right reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I did air know, quotes there. The continuous improvement is also, you know, another theme at, at, at work. Um, oh, yeah. But to, to not just be satisfied with the status quo, but to try to improve. You know, we, we, we use that in tons of areas. You know, it's the, the, from the products themselves of we have this product, it's, it's worked for us for many years. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to improve it and make it better. Yeah. To this process stuff that we're talking about, is there a, is there a more efficient way to, to get a, a, a process done? Right. 
you can, all, like, all resting on your laurels type of yeah. thing. You can always improve. Like, everything in life you could always do differently and do it better. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So the, the way that that comes up in, in my home life is, like I've talked before, you know, I've got all these ways of doing things. And yeah. like, I, I think, like I said before, I think everybody has a reason for doing the things that they do, the things that are habits. I think they have a reason for doing it. And they are initially gave it some thought. But then once they initiated it as a routine, it doesn't get any more thought. Yeah. Like I, I think about this so often because like, you know, and this, this will be one example that Alyssa does is, is I call it autopilot. And, um, you know, I, I think her dad does this a little bit too. So I think that's maybe where she gets it from. But like also Alyssa, she's, she's drained a lot at work. So she has to, she has to make as many of her processes efficient as, as possible so that she can save her energy for the stuff that she has to do at work. But the autopilot thing is like, we'll get in the car and we'll start driving to dinner, right? And we're not going to work. We're going to dinner. <laughs> and like, she's on autopilot, man. She'll take all the turns that she does to go to dinner. And I'm pretty well aware of this now that this happens. And I maybe just a little over observant about just everything that happens when I'm maybe not doing it because I'm like, why is this happening? But, uh, you know, she'll make a turn that's like, or she'll get in the turn lane to go, you know, right instead of left. And I'm like, whoa, where are we going? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going. She's heading, heading towards work? She's heading to work. Or, you know, taking sure. her commute to work. And, uh, you know, I, I notice that this happens a lot. And I'm sure that it probably happens a lot in other people, too. And uh, I get it because the brain, right, is probably is trying to make every one of your processes as efficient as it can be because in a way brains are lazy they they want to they, they want to make things efficient right and so sure. one of the efficiencies is to have have uh, routines that you don't have to think about yeah right and and we are always questioning those things yeah and people are like this is my routine like <laughs> don't fuck yeah. that up <laughs> yeah don't make me think yeah, routines are good because they, they're easy and you don't have to wear yourself out and beat yourself up over it. So yeah, I can totally picture you know, a busy day at work and being tired and just being like, yeah. oh, I just want to just do something easy. Yeah, I just, yeah exactly. I want to do something easy. Yeah, so like the, uh, I, th I think one of the things that I, I learned about myself is I now have those routines in my house right and those routines were disrupted a little bit when somebody else came in and was like doing the things that i would normally do but not doing them the way that i would normally do them and so like then i was probably you know i'm turning this i'm turning the microscope back on myself here and saying okay well i have all these routines like why am i doing them and so like some of them it was reinforced it was like okay i definitely have this routine for a reason like you don't use the scrub brush to scrub the chunks off of your plate because all the chunks get stuck up in the bristles like that's that's exactly why I have that routine. I, I've talked, I've talked to Crystal about the same thing of <laughs> the, the cheesy, the cheesy uh, casserole with all the little pieces and oh, get the scrub no. brush in there. And oh, now no. for a day, you're going and clean something, and you got meat and cheese falling out of your scrub brush. <laughs> Th that your podcast was was amazing to listen to. <laughs> I, I might change. You're just sitting there thinking, oh, I do that too. <laughs> uh, sitting, so obviously you you know, you're poking fun at yourself saying, yeah. these are the weird things that bother me. Yeah. And I know they're weird. And I know other people don't care about these things like I do. Yeah. And I, I go through the same stuff at home. Uh, I would like to do things in particular ways. And I know that if I ask Crystal and, and the kids to try to do things these ways that they're annoyed with me. And so I can t totally see how the others are looking at you and rolling their eyes like, oh my gosh, he wants me to not use the cleaning brush to clean something. Like it's called a cleaning scrub. Like what a, yeah. but it also, and then in, 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 in my, my engineer perspective, I'm like, yes, that's a terrible one. Like you got, you got, that's so annoying when that happens. Yes, that's a great one. 
but knowing that the rest of society doesn't care like we do yeah. or think about it like we do right which is fine right it, yeah but it does feel different when it's on your own turf and it's your own stuff mm-hmm do you do you think that that's why so let me I'll give you a backstory so I'll give you the question so my question is do you, do you think that it's because we are engineers and this kind of is the nature versus nurture question which as a lot of people know it's kind of a little bit of both but the question is do you think it is because we are engineers and because of the job that we're in that we are particular like that or do you think that maybe a lot of it was part of us before we became engineers and so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background so that I was talking to my mom yesterday and I was mentioning something about the three R's in recycle. And like, <laughs> she was talking about how she goes through the same shit at her office about how like she gets so frustrated going in there and digging other people's recyclable items out of the trash and trying to put them away. And, and so now she just like, even her boss tells her like, okay, Ellen, just look away. Like, don't pay attention to this. <laughs> We're just going to throw a bunch of stuff away right now. So like, while I was hearing her say that, you know, and I knew that she was green, you know, but before, but I was just like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a predisposition there that I wasn't really fully conscious of before I became an engineer. So with that in mind, do you think it's, it's something that was just in you before you became an engineer or do you think it was engineering that did it? This is, this is a great Great question, because I've, I've, I've had this conversation before. I'm not sure if it was between you and I, me and Patrick, or some others, but yeah, it's, it's got to be a little bit of both. It, yeah. It's got to be like some of this was in us, and that's what helped us be successful at things like math and science, because we liked the details, and, and that spoke to us of having a, a systematic process and, and having right answers and having solutions to problems that felt good to us. It felt natural and, and we strived at that. And then that encouraged us to look at engineering as a career. Yeah. And, and now that we became engineers, it's kind of like self-fulfilling of like, we, we have to do these things to be successful as an engineer. We need to look at processes and try to improve them and have reasons. And So, so where, where, maybe to, to, your question, to say your question a different way, what is the bigger influence, the nature or the nurture? You know, me at 42, now I'm, how many years into my career? 17 years into my career. I've been doing this for quite a few years. And so I think the job part of it, the being an engineer is, is a bigger influence on me at this point. And, and the, the, the roles we have to play at work are having a bigger and bigger influence on me as, as I've been in the career for longer. I think when I was younger, it might have been more of the natural side of it. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, the natural interest. But it's definitely there. <laughs> and it's, it hasn't... It hasn't um, uh, softened decreased over the over the years that's it's gotten more pronounced i, I definitely yes it's it's i feel like i've i personally have gotten better with balancing it with other with with others in relationships that i that i don't um feel the need i, I know that it's just me much more <laughs> I know that that I'm very much the the quirky oddball, and that most everybody else is not going to think about things and, and and try to do things the way I am. Yeah, but do you do you think of it that way? Do you think that you're a quirky oddball because like do you call yourself that because you think that's what other people think of you, or do you think that the the re, the, the way that you're doing things is the right way? and you just recognize that other people have just not come around to that way yet. So you have to kind well, of soften. It's, it's definitely right to me. It's what I feel is right. Yeah. But I, I've grown to learn that what I think is right is, is not really what anybody else thinks is right. And, and, and all of us are all individual people and we have different reasons that brought us to the point we're at different experiences in life. And, 
nobody's reasons are ever going to really match in a lineup. Yeah. That's true. There might, there might be some common themes. Like, you and I have some, like some common themes in some of our quirkiness. But you've got different reasons for yours than I do. Maybe yeah, not I guess Maybe some of them are the same, but... It depends on the quirks, yeah. But you, you and I have also talked a lot about some of these over yeah. the years, and so I think s- some of ours have grown to grown off of each other. That's a good point. Yeah, we we haven't exactly developed in a vacuum since yeah. you and I do talk a lot. There's there's been a lot of let's say exchanging of ideas. Yeah, I mean our our, our the topic we seem to keep bringing up is like the recycling environmental side of things and and, yeah. and you remember back when you were still in Milwaukee we took that tour of the Milwaukee the the, the main Milwaukee recycling facility mm-hmm. and it was like <laughs> it was a field trip <laughs> yeah and there was a bunch of engineers well there's maybe six of us that went we had two or three cars worth yeah and we went over a long lunch and took a great tour of the the recycling facility and we, I remember so during, exciting. it was so exciting. <laughs> we were all so pumped when that day was finally there. We tried, remember we tried to like make the reservation. They only did it like the first Monday of the month or whatever it was. And yeah, we missed one or there was a holiday or we had something going on at work and yep. it took like three or four months to finally, finally get to that point. Yep. And I remember we had <laughs> the anticipation of that. We were had, we had notes, we had we had a, a document of some kind on the computer of questions to ask when we went there. Did you remember we? That? Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. I don't remember getting them all answered, though. I, I remember going there with notes of the really? questions. Yeah, I, I had notes written down. And we were nailing the, the tour guide. We, yeah. we had the little presentation. It was before or after in a little classroom. Yeah. Asking a bunch there, but then asking a ton going through, and, and all the other people that were on the tour, they didn't say anything. Yeah, I, it kind of makes you wonder about what their motivations were going. <laughs> we it's were like just all these, yeah, these we goofy were, engineers just decided, oh yeah, we want to go take a field trip to the Milwaukee Recycle Facility. <laughs> Classic dorks, man. But yeah, but we, it was exciting to us. I was so happy to get. There were so many questions that we had had for each other that we asked and tried to, to search online that we didn't know what the right answers were of how you should recycle this what's the best way on that and yeah it, it kind of it very much drove to our engineering nerdiness of yeah. needing to know the right answer exactly what's the best solution to recycle this type of product yeah <laughs> by the way there still is the, the posting on your old cube wall yeah. of the recycle codes and which yeah. ones are recyclable in Milwaukee and which ones are not. It's still up. <laughs> Am I the only one who has it up on my wall? Uh, you, yeah, I, w- I didn't put mine up because you had yours posted. Oh, yeah, right. And it, I, it did, I had the little bin full of like recyclable nylon parts, right, that I would collect in my cube there? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually, I went in, you know, during COVID at one point and it was, it was half knocked off your wall. And I, f- I yeah. fixed it up. I got it back on the real oh, nice. nice. It's my legacy. Yeah, not going to let it go down. <laughs> is there still a horse calendar up there too? No, I took the horse calendar with me, didn't I? I think you did. I think I did. Yeah, I don't. That's gone. <laughs> did someone get you that? I forget you, who. I thought it was you who got me that. No, it wasn't me. It must, I, I think, think it was, was Dan. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was interesting to go the yeah, I mean that, that that says a lot for like how much it means to us. It's that like we had a bunch of bunch of people that elected to go on their lunch from work, which, you know, granted we did kind of take a long lunch and everything, but it was it it could have also gone toward not credit per se, but like it was relevant to the work that we were doing, you yeah. know. And uh but we all wanted to go. We wanted to learn and I guess, like you said, we had questions. I vaguely do remember having questions. You know, we probably had questions about, you know, whether or not you should bag your recyclables or things like that. Maybe you already knew that. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, one in particular was the the milk, like the, the half-gallon milk carton. Like, yeah. you get soy milk in those, and they're like a waxed cardboard. Yeah. And, and there's a plastic cap on it. Uh-huh. 
what are you supposed to do with that? Because it's plastic and it's paper, but it's waxed. Yeah. I, I had been throwing those out and they said, no, 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 squish those down, put the cap on it, toss it in, it's recyclable. And I was huh. like, yes. Okay. And from that day, I remember coming home and telling Crystal, yes, we can start recycling these. We don't have to throw this in the garbage anymore. Interesting. It felt so good to know that. I think I have been chucking those lately because I couldn't remember what the determination was on that. I'm going to, I mean, we don't get a lot of those now, especially, but um, that's good to know. Well, I mean, that's, that's also Milwaukee, maybe Denver's different, but. That was the other thing that we learned was that each facility, depending on the equipment that they have, can do different things. Right, right. Now, another one that, 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 that was a big takeaway from, <laughs> this, is getting re- this is getting real nerdy, was, yeah, the, <laughs> was the, uh, the frozen boxes. Fr- frozen boxes are, have like a wax coating in them so yeah. that they, they don't freeze to each other. And uh, I don't know all the reasons why, but I had heard that those were not recyclable. And so I had yeah. been throwing those out for a long time, but that was one of my surprise learns on that, on that uh, tour. And they said, no, that, that's recyclable also. Because it was, it was after they said that the milk cartons were recyclable. And I said, well, what about the frozen stuff? It's got that same waxy yeah. coating. And they said, oh, those, those are good. Recycle those too. Really? Yeah. Man, I need to take a tour of Denver, man. I, I feel like I've forgotten <laughs> a lot of this stuff. I probably should have written notes and, and made, made note of this somehow. Speaking <laughs> of notes, um, I remember that they gave us some documents when we were there. Yeah. Uh, and I know exactly where they are at work. I'll, next time I'm in the office, which could be a while, yeah. I'll I'll look at, I'll go in there. I bet you I have a little note, notepad in there with yeah. the, the questions we had and the answers that I got. Yeah, definitely send those to me. I really should take a tour of the of the local Denver facility because otherwise I'm just you know it's just conjecture. You know, I, yeah. You know, again, as engineers, we got to find out. You know, That's just right. Because one facility does this, you can't assume that all of them do it. That's right. The other big one was the plastic, plastic, the thin plastic bags, yeah, thin film bags. How much uh, downtime that that created them, yeah, and how they, they said that it gets it gets into all their bearings and all you know it's sure. all conveyor systems, and mm-hmm. as those get sucked and blown around, they get into the bearings, and they said it was like once was it once a day or, or once every couple of days they had to shut the the whole assembly line down. And people climbing all over this thing, taking out the bags from all of their bearings. And they said it was, it was a massive oh, um, um, time to do this and downtime that they're not recycling and, and the, the, the machines all stopped. And it was, I remember them like pretty, pretty, that was one of the things they kind of tried to hit home. They, they commented quite a bit about that one. Yeah. And how I that, think you know, before that we knew to take it to the grocery store, but I didn't realize how big of a deal it was when it goes to them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we knew you couldn't do it, but it you was know pretty, why. Yeah, and and how 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 influential it was to them to keep it away. Yeah. I think that's that's another thing is like as as engineers maybe or maybe this is again goes back to before being an engineer. Uh, you know, and Miller talks about start with why. You know, I think that's that's very important to us and that gets back to your point of like wanting to know why do people do things you know what's your reasoning like we like to know why if you tell us to do something like that's fine but i think unlike most other people who who will probably just like uh well i'm gonna do it anyway even though you told me not to like (laughs) we want to know okay you're telling us to do something that's great and and maybe we'll want to help you but we want to know why yeah tell us why Another another one on that list that we were, we had been debating prior to going was cleaning of stuff. So you got oh, yeah, your cleaning out containers. Yeah, and like, I remember hearing that you should do it, but then we said, yeah, but most people probably don't. So yeah, does it matter or does it not matter? What's what's the deal? Yeah. And so, f- from what I recall, the answer to that question was, we'd like you to do it, but you don't need to. We'll still, we still will be able to recycle the product. What's not, with the negatives of not cleaning was the, the smells, the, yeah. the, um, the breakdown of the, you know, particularly the dairy products, and then the animals that it brings along. Yeah. Remember he was talking about raccoon problems and I don't know oh, if he said, yeah. r- said rats or not, but um, I remember specifically saying raccoons. Uh, 
that the animals will try to get into stuff and, and even your carts in your in your backyard you know by by your by your house as well that the animals yeah. are trying to try to get in there to get that peanut butter out of your peanut butter jar <laughs> yeah i think we were talking about that and uh i don't know maybe maybe it was conjecture at that point but you were talking about how um yeah you should clean out your containers but if you clean it out with hot water it yeah. might, might be like a net negative just because like all the energy that it takes to make the hot water. Yeah. That's when we, that's, so this was some really deep conversations we were trying to get into. Yeah. Of, of uh, <laughs> the whole big picture of what is the best environmental footprint, the, the yeah. most minimum footprint. And yeah. we said, well, using water, obviously, you know, that's something we try to conserve. So if you're using mm-hmm. water to clean something out, would it be better just to throw it out instead of using your water? And, and then I, f- I found an article somewhere about as you described that the hot water versus cold water and hot water being obviously you have to heat that water so there's your your gas costs to heat that water or electric costs and uh and what that means that's getting tough though try to figure out (laughs) what's the best way yeah if you try and go down the chain and figure out like the the path of the least carbon footprint like you're you're in for you're never going to make a decision yeah (laughs) Buy some credits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, buy carbon credits. That's interesting. That's a whole interesting concept. Yeah, I still don't, I still don't totally, totally follow that one. Yeah, I don't know. It seems, it seems like, it's just like a net bank, right? Like, um, say Tesla's putting in so many credits because they're generate, you know, they're, I guess I don't understand how they get credits, but like somehow they're putting in so many credits because they're producing so many electric vehicles and other manufacturers are not producing enough electric vehicles. So essentially think of it as like an averaging out. So if, if Tesla can sell its credits to the others, it essentially is averaging out, like dividing up its credits across everybody so that the, the, the net credit for everybody the average credit is at a particular level that's how i think of it yeah yeah i mean it's good motivator i guess the credit system but if you can sell them there's also the whole like in for a personal individual like you or i could try to be carbon neutral yeah you know that some you know some you're going to want to fly home and see your family at some point so you're going to get on a plane and that's that's a pretty big hit on your carbon footprint and so you could buy carbon fo- carbon credits. So each... I to don't offset know. that. Yeah. So, you, so basically you're like donating money to create more environmentally friendly energy. So you don't, you donate, you buy a credit, which would be your money would go into a fund that would then build a new solar farm somewhere mm. or put up some new, some more wind, wind turbines. That makes sense. Plant some more trees. That kind of tracks. Yeah. I suppose. But anyways, I think we're getting a bit off topic. Like we, like we always do, right? <laughs> yeah, we always do. Yeah, Mike and I, we always get off topic. And that's okay. You know, I've, I've come to realize that, you know, I'd, I'd like for these podcasts to be like unscripted, as unscripted as possible and appear that way. So um, it's okay that we go off topic. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of, well, I, I don't have that many listeners, but... <laughs> Several of my listeners, I'm sure, will probably glaze over a little bit. Like, God, Reese, would you shut up about recycling? <laughs> These damn tree huggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. So, yeah, I, so I guess um, the the big takeaway, one of the reasons why I was kind of excited to have Mike on here was that Mike <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> we relate to each other on on that level that is very important to both of us that I keep talking about in my podcast about conservation let's just use that umbrella term i think mike you and i have talked about that umbrella term of conservation but it's just it's interesting how we both both arrived there from very different backgrounds and obviously very different paths along the way to get there and i you know i was just i'm interested in just like you are that you know how how we arrived there why are we there you know like what were we this way before you know that type of thing and i just so I want, I want to throw another, we've been talking very much about the environmental side, but let's throw, throw a different angle at it. Yeah. Where I think that you and I are very similar, and, but from very different reasons, I think, um, yeah. is, is particular with our, with our stuff, 
with our things. Um, I like to take really good care of my stuff. Like, I still have, you were talking about biking before, I've still got my, my bicycle that I bought when I worked at a bike shop in 2000. Uh, I still ride that bike. I've got eight, over 8,000 miles on it from riding around, around the country, down the Pacific coast, across yeah. the northern tier from Seattle to Maine. I've ridden that bike all over the place. And people will look at it and be like, that bike it's like, looks brand new. It's like, <laughs> there's like no yeah. scratches on it. Like, <laughs> I like to take care of things. I know that you like to take care of stuff. Your bikes have an engine in them, but you take very yeah. good care of your bikes. I do. Um, and it doesn't apply to just bicycles. It's, it's all of our stuff in general. We like to take yeah. good care of it. I, I, I now feel that I, I don't know where, I don't think that came from the conservation Initially. angle. Yeah, the conservation yeah. angle initially. But at this point, I, I like feel like I continue that same mindset now because of conservation. I think b back in the beginning, it was because I didn't have much. I didn't, I didn't have a lot. Of, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on these fancy things and this yeah. nice stuff. So I really wanted to make sure that something that I spent my money on, I'd be able to to utilize it and not 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 waste it. Yeah, that it would last you. Yeah, um, but now it's got kind of the conservation spin on it. Of yeah, well, I that bike's just fine. Why why throw it out? Get it crushed into a landfill, and have to make a, another brand new bike when that one's doing fine just gotta take care of it yeah that's a good point i i described that in in uh, one of my other episodes where i talked about how um i think it was the one that i talked about you behind your back and uh <laughs> so i was talking about how um you know we 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 have all these quirks like wanting to maintain our stuff really really well wanting our stuff to be nice and and that type of thing and i think my motivations were the same initially that you know like for instance my dirt bikes again I, I you know i was the same growing up dirt bikes are very expensive and i wanted to make sure that they last so i took really good care of them and it is it has been a convenient umbrella now to throw it under that i can also say i'm doing it for conservation's sake as well yeah you know i gotta throw i gotta throw a good example out there for everybody uh -huh. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if you've if you've brushed on this one yet, yeah. but when Reese was with, with was with us just before he left, he bought a brand new truck, his brand new truck. Yeah, still call it brand new. How many years have you had it now? Uh, it is now almost three years old. I've had it for almost three years. So that you bought it in the fall, if I remember right. I I Late picked summer? it up in May. Oh, in May. In okay. beginning of May. Well, I. I do remember when winter was rolling around. You were, start, you were starting to dabble with riding your bike to, to work, doing the, the commuting thing. Yeah, and in like July. If it, to me, it seemed like one of your motivating reasons, and I think we <laughs> talked about it at one point, was because you, you, you knew you were heading out the next year, right? That was that the, was the plan. That yeah, was the, I didn't know that I was leaving for sure, but I was, I was pretty confident. So the, so the idea was in Milwaukee uh, in particular, we salt a lot in the winter when there's ice and snow mm -hmm. um, and everything gets white. Not white from snow, but white from salt, salt crystals all over your car. Yeah, salt and dust. That always drove Reese crazy. And so Reese was like, hey, if, if I ride my bike, I don't have to <laughs> drive my truck and get it covered in salt. I can leave it nice and snug in the garage uh -huh. And none of that junk all over my truck, <laughs> and uh, I thought you know, and take the conservation angle on it. You don't want to get your truck rusted and falling apart, replacing parts. Uh -huh. You also don't need to want to drive the truck and have the gas that you're burning, putting yeah. carbon dioxide in the environment. It's also mm -hmm. wonderful for you, for your, for your the health of your body. You're getting yeah. exercise. You're getting fresh air. You're yeah. getting a clear mind going to work and then on the way home, drop all that, the stress of work, helps roll it away while you're riding a bike. Um, less wear and tear on the roads, right? You're yeah. not, it's one little car, but it all it all adds up. Uh, yeah. So so that, um, that all comes together uh, to help. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting thing 
uh, for for how you apply that with your car in the winter. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I think initially it was just I wanted to keep the miles down, and it was it was July, so I was like, oh yeah, I could totally ride to work. And then once once I finally got used to that and started doing it like every day. Then fall came around, and then winter came around. I was like, holy crap, Like, if I really want to save my truck from rust, that means that I have to be riding my bike in that shitty weather <laughs> rather than driving my truck, which <laughs> I probably didn't think that all the way through. At that point, it was probably just a challenge, but that is a really... That is a good example. At first, it was like, oh, I got to keep my tr- truck nice because I like my things to be nice, and then it was like... Well, yeah, I'm also saving all this gas money, which is also saving all the emissions. And yeah, <laughs> it all adds up. It does. Yeah, that's that's another good point. Is everything everything adds up? So okay. Well, you know, we are we're at like an hour here. I think we could probably call it. I wouldn't mind having you on here again because I think I would like to um, loosen up a little bit. I felt a little bit rigid in this one. I would I would like for it to be a little more free flowing, but. Um, yeah, I think we can we could probably call it here unless you have a, a final thought on on engineering or how it has affected your life in in ways that maybe other people can't relate to, and this might help them. Or like, have you ever tried to like sit down and explain this to Crystal in a succinct way? Um, that's a good point. Uh, kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure if I have. I know that she gets annoyed with a lot of my little things that I'm particular about. Yeah. Um, which is bringing bring back to your question from earlier on. I'm not even sure if I really answered your question that you had asked about how engineering affects relationships. Um, yeah, that's all right. It definitely does. Uh, <laughs> it definitely has. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I would, I would say, probably say that most people's careers affect who they are as an individual, which therefore is going to affect relationships. Yeah. Um, but That's a really good point. Engineers for better or for us, worse. Yeah. Engineers make us particular and yeah. uh, try to control it, try to keep it to <laughs> myself as much as I can. Right. You, you and I joked, uh, quick, another quick one here, you and I joked uh, recently about I'll open up the garbage can and like, oh, there's a paper towel. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Pull a paper towel out of the garbage can because the kids will use them. Crystal will use them. There's like one little spot of water on it. Pull that out of there and clean something up with it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Just got to do it yourself. You can't don't you? Don't want to bother people with all that stuff. It's yeah. Too much. I struggle with that. You know, I, I, you know, dragging this on even a little bit farther here. But <laughs> Alyssa and I were having a really good conversation yesterday. And it was, it was about talking to people about their beliefs, whether it's political or whatever. It, the conversation wasn't around politics, but like I, I have I've tried to turn my goal into talking with people about uh, those types of things as the goal being to learn why people think the way they think and not ever for my goal to be for them to change their mind to what I think it should be. You know, and and um, that's that's really tough yeah. for me when it comes to like conservation, because I think everybody should be making an effort to conserve, and I think even I there's very few reasons that people give me for why they don't that I think are valid, and uh, I think this is uh, like a good counter argument to you know you like I want to find out. I guess my my uh, my struggle is I want to find out why people don't recycle, and it frustrates me that they don't because I think it's so obvious that you should do this for the good of of everything. Uh, but I guess it's just not as obvious to everybody else, and so it's like I think, like you said, it's like it's reining in a little bit the the need to say, hey, you should do it this way. Like you can you can hint at it and very very subtly try and get to it as as often as you can, but like you really gotta be gentle about it. Yeah. People in general don't like to be told what to do. Like, adults don't like to be told from by other adults what to do. 
That's true. It's kind of a basic, you know, adults tell children as you're raising your kids, you tell them what to do. Yeah. But adult to adult, hey, you need to do this. Yeah. It doesn't go over so good. Right. And they don't want to be made to feel inferior, like their processes are an inferior or a negative. Because nobody wants to, to think that what they're doing is negative. So if you, like, point out that, like, you could be doing this to be better, I think more often than not you're going to be looked on as the dick rather than the person who's saving them from contributing to the landfill. Yeah, very much. That's a struggle. Um. <laughs> All right, so we, uh, shall we sign off here? Or? Yeah, it would be fun to do another one. I'm sure we could talk more. Yeah. Talk oh, some yeah. Some more dorky engineering perspective. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I I like to get another dork's perspective. I need to get some normal people on here for once. <laughs> besides Alyssa. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna call it here. Uh, this is gonna be it for today. I had Mike on here. Thank you for joining me from Milwaukee. You know, it's like uh, three o'clock over there. And you got stuff to do. You got kitties to attend to. Um, so uh, wherever you are out there in podcast land thanks for tuning in I hope you're having a good day uh, good afternoon good evening whatever it happens to be and uh, we'll see you all on the next one be good <laughs>